From the Financial Times in Cairo, I'm Hiba Saleh and this is FT News. تم البدر بدري والايام بتجري والله لسه بدري والله يا شهر الصيام وازيكم يا That was a clip from Big Brother, a satirical video blog by Muhammad Andil, a cartoonist who used a recent episode to mock Egypt's upcoming elections. President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi is assured of victory because all main opponents have either withdrawn or been forced out of the race. Big Brother is one of the most popular offerings of Mada Masr, an online newspaper. It's one of the few Egyptian media outlets that dares to challenge the status quo amid a repressive political climate that has taken hold since the popularly backed military coup of 2013. I spoke to Mada Masr's founder, Lina Atalla, at the paper's offices in Cairo, and I began by asking her how the paper got started. Madame Masr started uh, in 2013 as a media project centered on the act of witnessing of the major political transformations that have taken place in Egypt that year. It is a year that saw a major change of power through a military takeover from a democratically elected government. It is also a year that marked a complete change in terms of the level of liberties and freedoms that are experienced by Egyptians and particularly human rights defenders and journalists. So Bada was born to witness all these transformations and to write about them in compelling ways to a public that is still thirsty for a media narrative that is not controlled by the state. What particular areas do you focus on? Our coverage in MEDA is centered on mainly the politics, the economy, the society, but also the culture and the cultural productions and so on. So those are the different areas in which we produce content, both witnessing events, but also investigating the structural elements that cause these events. Can you give us examples? So typically in the news section, we would cover a lot of the sectarian attacks that happened against Christians, minority groups in general, but Christians in particular as the largest minority in the country. But what we would also do is not stop at covering and witnessing these attacks, but also trying to understand the structural issues that cause sectarianism to be quite rampant in Egypt. So we both address the news, but we also try to understand the structural issues that sit behind the news. What about Egypt's war on terrorism? Because Egypt is battling ISIS-affiliated militants in the Sinai and actually other types of militants elsewhere in the country. Our journalism has been quite centered on trying to understand how terrorism has evolved in Egypt in the last four years in particular, looking both at main spaces that act as hideouts for militant cells such as the Sinai, from which we have been able to generate fresh coverage at a time where the story from Sinai is mostly censored, but also looking at the broader mainland and how armed militancy has managed to proliferate in different places through different networks. And we do this by actually trying to reach out to the cells themselves, but even through following on the court cases through which a number of militants are being prosecuted. And all of these are tools to try to understand how people get radicalized and join these networks, but also how the government is fighting them. 
something like terrorism, of course, it's a big issue in Egypt and other newspapers write about it. What's the difference between what you bring and what other media outlets bring? I think the main thing that we are trying to do is to really understand the phenomenon of terrorism and its evolution since 2013 by providing fresh reporting from the field. So we know that Sinai, the peninsula of the Sinai to the east of Cairo, is a major site of the so-called war on terror. So having access there through a correspondent who lives there and who's from there and who understands the evolution of the militant networks there gives us a way to understand how this network has evolved and also how it is actually fighting the authorities and the state and the different tools that they have been using throughout the time. So fresh reporting from the field on one hand, but also investigative work like, for example, as I said before, looking thoroughly into court case investigations around terrorism cases, for example. So trying to understand through the investigations that happened how a terrorist network is formed, uh, what tools they have been used, how they have been recruiting. So I guess field work and proper research and investigative work is what makes our reporting a bit different. Do you think you take more risks in terms of offending the authorities than other media outlets? It is easy to say that we take more risks simply because a lot of the media outlets right now have chosen either silence or complete alignment with the state narrative of things, particularly sensitive things such as the war on terror. The fact that we have been independently investigating information on issues that the government wants to spread only one narrative on makes us, of course, expose us to the danger of state wrath. Have you felt the state wrath as a news outlet? The fact that Madame Oso has been blocked since May 2017 is a testament to the fact that we are angering the authorities for sure. We are certainly not the only ones. We are one of 400-plus websites that are blocked, but at the same time, we know through the blocking, but also through some of the reputation tarnishing that happens in some of the mainstream media about our work, how this sends a message of the state uh, being angry at us. Do you see yourselves as critics of the Sisi regime? We are investigators of the truth, and this sometimes puts us in a position of opposition to power by default, because search for the truth can be by default an act of opposition. So only through that lens can we be considered critics of the regime, but we're not critics for the sake of being critics. So you don't see yourself as an opposition media outlet? We are more of an inquisitive, investigative media outlet, I would say. Egypt, before 2013, witnessed an almost unprecedented opening up of the media scene, and you could hear a lot of diversity of voices, diversity of viewpoints. How would you describe it now? There is definitely a major setback in the atmosphere of freedoms. And it is a peculiar setback in the sense that it doesn't resemble even the time before the revolution when there was also rampant authoritarianism, but it was also having its own margins of relative freedom. Right now, we feel that these margins are tighter. So there is definitely a setback with a different taste, with a different flavor than before 2011. You mentioned some of the areas of your coverage. What particular stories are you proud of? 
One of the stories that I'm very proud of is the investigation that was produced by uh, our chief investigator, Hossein Bahgat, on uh, armed militants and how they were not necessarily freed as it is believed by the Muslim Brotherhood regime, but actually by the armed forces when they took power on a temporary basis after the 2011 revolution. So it was the kind of investigation that opened people's minds to something that they weren't aware of at all. I like the investigations that we did, which basically unveil how today's authoritarianism is being manifested, such as, again, Hossein Bahgat's investigation on how the parliament of 2014 was elected through major security interventions and intelligence intervention. I like a lot our society work because, like I said before, it investigates the structural reasons behind the crisis that we live in right now, such as sectarianism, such as women, gender and sexuality issues. So it goes to the origins and the bottom of things. All of these are things that I'm very proud of. Like you said, you are a blocked website. Access to your stories in Egypt is only on Facebook. Do you fear that they could shut you down completely? The belief is that the block is a subtle enough act from the authorities to uh, sort of affect our work without having to take a more major step of shutting us down completely or putting us in prison. And at the end of the day, we are becoming a well-known website and such moves can be costly, at least in terms of our readers' discontent with such directions. But everything is possible in this context we are living in. Do you face any other difficulties? We face the regular difficulties that are related to institutional building, to trying to do so much with little resources. But beyond that, I wouldn't say we have any other major challenges. As a website that is blocked, publishing on Facebook only, at least within Egypt, and with some 25 to 30 journalists, what is your economic model? When we started from the beginning, we were interested in not only doing good journalism, but also investigating ways in which it can be sustainable in independent ways and away from the anchor investor model, which we all worked in and which all cost us our jobs at some point. Because, you know, the moment the anchor investor decides to pull the plug on the funding, the project becomes inexistent. So the idea was to develop a diversified revenue generation model that is based on a set of parallel activities to uh, the actual publishing of content we do on a regular basis, such as editorial services that we offer to institutions, universities, and NGOs, such as a membership program that is centered on reader support, such as a digest service of the local press to which subscribers have access on a daily basis in the early morning every day. So it's a set of different services and products. We also produce our own merchandise and sell them at different events. And this helps us get some income to keep our work going. In addition to some partnerships that we have with different organizations that believe in the principle of independent media development in particular. And what's next for MADA? Journalistically, what would you like to achieve more? I would like to see a more consistent news gathering operation because it is very important in a world where media is filled with opinion, is filled with analysis, to still resort to the factual version of the truth through a proper news gathering operation. So a more consistent news gathering, especially of content that we have some 
leverage and giving some unique uh, insights on or that is completely blacked out because of the censorship in other media. I'm also interested in developing our non-news publishing in the different sections. I'm very interested in seeing an economy journalism that is not entirely based on indicators, but that is based on the crossovers between the economy, the politics and society. I'm interested in more rigorous society reporting that addresses factual issues. And I'm interested for our project to continue to be fun, to continue to not only inform people, but sometimes even draw laughter on their faces when they read compelling, well-written narratives. That was Lina Atalla, chief editor and founder of the Egyptian online newspaper Mada Masr. And we'll play out with another clip from Big Brother. Thanks for listening. Don't do it, 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 don't do it.